coming up on Garden Talk. I always dry out my soil and I'll take it out of the bags. I'll throw it into like a big, like a, like tubware tote, you know, like one of the really big totes. I'll dump it in there and then I just slide it under the exhausting on the side of my tent so that it's just constantly drying out that soil. Most of the time, I only feed from the start of veg to the end of flower. A lot of times, I only feed two or three times the whole grow. I can't remember the last time I fed in veg. You, you top it down too much, you gave it too much food, it's too late already. You might as well just start over, you know, with a, a non-stunted plant that you haven't run over with a truck. Calm down about all the small stuff. As long as you stay out of the plant's way, it's gonna be fine. You're gonna get through it, I promise. What's up, everybody? If you that don't know me, my name is Chris, aka Mr. Grow It, and this is Garden Talk, episode 5. This episode's guest goes by the name Welcome to the Grow Tent. He's an indoor gardener that is well known for his YouTube channel that has a lot of beginner focused content. His channel has over 24,000 subscribers and 140 videos that have amassed over a million views. In this episode, we talk about his grow style, what he does to be successful in the garden, and he talks about several things that will help beginner gardeners. Before we get into the episode, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor. Our sponsor for today is Happy Hydro. Happy Hydro is an online gardening store from Buffalo, New York that has supported my channel for several years now. They take pride in their product selection, their customer service, and ship most orders the same day. They have low prices, and shipping is free if you're making a purchase over $25. So head on over to happyhydro.com, and I'll leave a link down in the YouTube video description, so if you're tuning in there, you can easily click on it. All right, now let's get into the episode. Welcome. Welcome to the Grow Tent. How are you doing today? Woo! I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Good to be on here. Yeah, thanks for joining me. I actually had probably like eight or nine people request you to come on here. Really? So I'm super pumped that you came on here, and I'm sure the audience, you know, particularly those people, are, are going to be really happy that you came on here to, to join me today. So That's thanks awesome, for coming man. on. Yeah, no problem. I, I, I really love this community. It's uh, as far as like, you know, in YouTube, there can be a lot of toxic communities. I have not really found that with this one. Of course, you know, you get the occasional trolls or whatever, but for the most part, this community is, it's just fantastic. You know, I, I love all the commenting, the people, everybody's just trying to help everybody out, trying to get their plants better. I just love it. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I started this show or uh, podcast is yeah. really to, you know, interview growers from all over the world and kind of understand how they do things. You know, there are so many different ways to grow this plant. And, um, you know, your style is going to be different from my style is going to be different from, you know, the other person's style, other people's style. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, being able to talk with you today, um, discuss your growing practices, uh, you know, other people's we other people will be able to um, listen to this and potentially gain some ideas on what they can yeah. do to implement into their gardens. Um, so, yeah, it should be pretty beneficial for for a lot of people out there. Yeah, I, I would say I have a, a pretty different style than most my main focus whenever i'm growing is and especially whenever i'm trying to tell everybody else how to do it is it's it's strictly simplicity i try and and get it down just to the just to the bare knuckle part of it because what i was figuring out whenever i first started the channel is everybody was so stressed out in the emails i was getting from them and i'm just like look you got to relax I was like, this is a slow process. You can't be in there 
all hyped up and angry and, and stressed out about this. I said, you're taking the completely wrong approach. And that's when I was like, all right, if I can just oversimplify this, it, you know, it'll help a ton of people out, which is one of the main, you know, that was the main reason I wanted to start the channel was just trying to, you know, the, to share this plant and my knowledge with it as much as I could with everybody else. That makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So uh, maybe for the viewers who don't know who you are, can you just, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into growing? All right. Yeah. Uh, everybody run a channel called Welcome to the Grow Tent. And uh, once again, we do a simplistic approach on growing. Uh, I have really, really bad ADHD and uh, anxiety type issues. So I never really liked buying stuff that I didn't know where it came from, what was done to it before I got it. Uh, one of my things with the ADHD though, is I will run off on tangents. So if I start to do that, you're gonna have to, you have to bring me back in, <laughs> you have to reel me back in because uh, it's like fireworks going off in my head almost 24 seven. So I, you'll hear me in the videos. I tell myself to calm down, <laughs> opious, because I just, it's like a runaway train that's picking 15 different tracks at the same time. <laughs> so my main thing was, with my anxiety is, I genuinely don't really like talking about it, but with my anxiety is I never really liked just buying stuff from people. You don't have any idea what they put in it, what they did to it. Uh, you know, I'm not a big person that, that likes taking medications either. Like, you know, doctor prescribe, prescribe like Xanax or whatever. And it just would mess me up for like 11 or 12 hours at a time. And I, I felt like my head was up in the clouds and somebody else was doing stuff down here on the ground and I didn't like it. This, on the other hand, I, I can grow it. I know what's been in it the whole time because I'm the one that did it. I just liked that approach to it. And, you know, I really like all, you know, the different strains and everything. If this one's a little bit, you know, too head rushy or too something, I can switch to a different strain and find, you know, kind of like that perfect balance. For me, that was my, that's my favorite part about it. That's why I got into growing it, hmm. the control. And then, cause you could buy something from somebody. It doesn't mean that's what it is. They can tell you whatever you want, but that doesn't mean that's what you're getting. Now I have the control. I can do it all myself. I'm a big control freak. <laughs> Basically what it boiled down to. That makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Cool. Um, so yeah, everybody, you know, everybody has their own goals when yeah. it comes to growing, right? Um, some people go for yield. Some people go for efficiency. You had mentioned simplicity was a big thing on your end. Some yeah. people are beginners and they just want to get through their first grow and, and have healthy plants. You know, besides the simplicity thing, which you already mentioned, do you have any other goals in mind? You do chase after a high yield or? I, I really don't because it's not like I'm selling or anything. I'm growing for me. The yield I've found just comes with with the more you stay out of the plants way the less I, I like to say the less you do the more you get and the the less you get out of its way the less you hurt it the yield just comes the yield will come uh i grow more than i could ever hope to smoke you know it, it since i'm not selling it and it's just for me you know every time i pull down the five by five it's two pounds and i run perpetual grow so it's constantly until I got my trimming machine, it was a nightmare of trimming all day, <laughs> all night, just constant trim jail all the, all the freaking time. So, but it's, it, I don't ever chase the yield. I find that 
usually by chasing something, you get the opposite. So I like to just, you know, natural, simplistic ways. That stuff will all come. And I, I, I really don't like how the new people, they're so hard on themselves whenever they're starting out. You know, that's another big thing I get with my emails is they're, they're like, I'm at, you know, week three of this or week two of that. My plants don't look anything like, you know, the, what I'm seeing on the internet here or this guy here. I'm like, these guys have been doing this forever. They have so much more practice than you. They know what they're looking for. They know what their plant needs. It's a repetitive process. Don't get so down on yourself. You know, people, they mess up the first time, then they quit and sell all their stuff. Be patient, calm down, relax. It'll be all right. Right. So. Yeah, I'm in the same same boat as you. I just grow for myself. Yeah. Uh, I don't sell the dispensaries. I'm not a caregiver or anything yeah. like that. Um, I actually, I live in a state where I'm allowed to gift in the bill, really? it actually says you're allowed to gift it. And so I actually had a friend in town yesterday and he came into town and I had a, a nice jar for him and uh, awesome. he was, his eyes lit up and he was super <laughs> pumped, super pumped. So uh, I love to be able to do that. And um, yeah, I just gift more and more. That would so, be awesome. I've had a, a bunch of people cause just from, you know, they'll pick up cues here and there and they figure out where I'm at. And uh, they've, I've had a bunch of people trying to, to get me to do the, the caregiving you know, asked me to be the caregiver. And I was like, man, if I had, if I had more time, I was like, but everything's so packed and everything in here already, I guess, I guess I could start to do it and just not even grow them plants, just give them, you know, I got so much excess. It's not even funny. Hmm. So, I mean, I guess I could, but I just, I'd never have taken on that responsibility of being a, a, a caregiver for somebody else yet. I probably should, but I just haven't because we don't have that gift thing here. I can't just gift people mm. gift people stuff that would be awesome though yeah yeah for sure so let's let's uh let's talk about your uh your current growth setup um, okay so can you tell me a little bit about your setup like uh, you know what size grow space lighting some of the equipment you have so on and so forth yeah this is gonna be a long part of the conversation uh, <laughs> i have a uh, a dedicated room in my unfinished basement that i had built just for growing so everything runs off its own, has its own breaker. Each tent has its own breaker set up, everything. I have a 14 by 16 room that I had finished in my basement. It's all insulated drywall. You know, nice. it's a nice room. I never finished the drywall, but it is mudded and, and taped. And uh, But I have four stations. I have a germination station, you know, Mondi Dome with a little two-foot T5 over it. Uh, I have two veg areas which are two by four tents which will be coming down soon because i have some three by fives that i'm going to be putting up that uh a new sponsor sent me so i'm gonna have to take down my old two by fours and then i have a five by five uh gorilla tent that actually some of my awesome patreon members sent to me because they were tired of hearing me complain about my old tent which was a five by five it was a five by five and it had one entrance just the front well, I like to scrog plants. So only being, I would have to lay down on the ground and slide under the, the canopy to work on the plants in the back. It was a huge pain in the butt. Well, I guess my Patreons got so tired of hearing me complain about this one entrance. You know, five by five is a decent sized tent. That's 25 square feet oh, yeah. of, of canopy. Well, my tents fill out. I fill them out side to side, front to back, the, the whole thing. There's no open space in my tents whenever I'm in flower. So there was no other option except 
laying on the ground like a freaking snake and, and charming my way back through the through the buckets to get to the back. And I just got so sick of it. And they're awesome. They sent me a, a gorilla tent, which now opens the whole, you know, the whole thing opens like 180 degrees. Mm. It's like a dream working in there now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much the extent. The two by fours will be coming down and uh, uh, light rail, uh, the company light rail, they just sent me uh, their tents with their light rail system. So I'll be uh, doing those in the future grow series. Uh, as far as lights go, I used to be a, a huge, hugely against LED lights. And it really wasn't about the light. It was mainly about some of the information that was out there on them. You know, people just putting them too close and they're miniaturizing, miniaturizing their plants and stuff like that. But I've, I have been growing with them lately. They work fantastic. They work great. I'm, I'm actually pretty in love with them now. Um, I have a 16 bulb T5 from bad boy or quantum, whatever it used to be called. They're both out of business now, whatever it is. And I actually have that in my five by five because a 16 ball T5 is freaking gigantic. You know, it's like a little over four by four in area just by itself. But I have that in there. Is and that for veg only or do you no, flower no, with I that too? Flower with it. Wow. I was flowering with it just for content to show people that it doesn't matter, you know, what light you got, you can do whatever you want with it. Yep. And uh, I've got a really good video. It's uh, two pounds of plant, <laughs> finished dried plant from T5, from fluorescent lights is what it's called. And uh, I just kind of wanted to show people that, you know, whatever you had, you could finish runs with. And uh, that was that was kind of the, the reason that I bought that giant, that giant T5 light. And for new people, I like to tell them to get T5s. They are the most forgiving light that you could that you could be under. And uh, will it cost you some end yield? Of course, of course, T5 spreads it out. But at the same time, if if you're burning your plants up, it doesn't matter how nice of a light you have. If you're killing your stuff by blasting it with too much light too soon, it doesn't matter what you have. If you're killing your plant, the equipment, it doesn't matter anymore. So, you know, I just kind of, but I grow with T5s, LED. I don't care. I'll grow with anything. I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not picky. Whatever I have, if, if that's what the, they want me to grow with, I'll put that in the tent. I can, I can figure it out. <laughs> I like how you mentioned that you do it for content because yeah. <laughs> that, you know, a lot of, a lot of viewers don't really realize that some of us content creators will do certain things specifically for content, well, you know, yeah, so you yeah, exactly. Like with, with like CO2, I don't hardly ever run CO2, but uh, like TNB, they had contacted me in the past just because I already can, it, the plants will produce so much already. When I add CO2 to it, it just ups my yield and I have, I don't need it. You know, I just don't need the extra, but you know, if somebody's going to send me stuff and, and pay me, I'll put it in the tent, but I don't, I don't need the CO2 because I already get enough. Yep. But you know, Contents, content. I like trying to try and be as, as honest as possible whenever I'm on that. Whenever I'm, whenever I'm on stream, I figure there's enough, uh, you know, lying on on videos already. Not just in this, in any, it's it's anywhere. Yeah. So yeah. I try to be upfront and honest with people. I don't like to tell people my plants are a young age when they're actually way older. I don't like to do any of that. I'd like, you know, if they they're they're three weeks, they're three weeks. If they're nine weeks, they're nine weeks. You know, I just try and be honest and upfront with everybody and have a good time. 
Yeah, makes sense. Now, what about some some other equipment? So maybe um, you know, how many oscillating fans are you running? Inline fan? Do you have to run a dehumidifier, a humidifier? Uh, with the uh, let's see, on the big tent, obviously it's going to have way more fans than the littler tents. On the big tent, I have uh, two six-inch fans that sit at the top, just kind of keep some air circulation up there, and I have an AC Infinity. Uh, the six series cloud line, whatever the one with the controller is. Nice. I think that's the S series, maybe. Uh, well, there's the T6, I believe, is the one with the controller. Okay, then it's the T series. S series is the manual one, I guess. So mm. it's the T series with the controller, and I got that up there. I tell you what, I didn't even put the pre filter on it because the filter looks so freaking cool. You know, they're <laughs> black and chrome. I, didn't, I couldn't bring myself to put, I was like, this is going to shorten the life, but I was like, this thing looks so cool. I can't cover it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's all black and chrome looking. I'm like, man, it's beautiful. Right. But I got two fans, you know, two like six inch hurricane fans sitting up top, just attached, just pushing the air, you know, circulating some air. I don't like dead space air. I have a tower fan. I think a tower fan is probably my favorite fan for groves. I put them right down there in the canopy. It has a blade of air that as the plant gets taller, you know, that air circulation, it stays just, it has that straight column of air that constantly goes through the canopy. Uh, I think a tower fan is probably my favorite of all the fans. And then I have a, a, like a 12 inch fan that just stays underneath the canopy and just rotates around down by the pots. I don't want stale, stagnant air and water anywhere together. So I just want constant air circulation. Um, as far as relative humidity, this is where a lot of people on YouTube yell at me. I just don't, I don't ever, you know, in the summertime, it's way different than in the wintertime. And I don't like adding uh, humidifiers or dehumidifiers or anything unless I'm drying. If I'm drying and curing, it's really the only time I pay attention to relative humidity. I get a lot of flack on that in my comment section. There's a couple of videos where I'm taking hammers and just blasting apart hygrometers. I'm like, you don't, just don't, don't even worry about it. Unless you've got problems, you're fine. You know, so I get a lot of flack on that. But once again, we're bringing it back to simplicity. You know, they get so stressed, everybody gets so stressed out about, oh, well, my room's only 60% relative humidity and they were trying to get to 40%. I'm like, Stop stressing out about it. Relax. Is it the end of the world? Do you have mold problems? You got any kind of problem? No. All right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you got problems. You have problems showing up. Okay. Now we can worry about it. You know, I just, I try and de-stress every situation that I can and simplify it as much as I can. Can that stuff help you in the future? Yeah. But when you're starting out, you know, relax. Calm down. So, keep it simple. I, yeah, keep it simple, man. I, I try to do the kiss method. Kiss method with everything. Nice. So just nice. keep it simple. Now, are you do you grow in soil, cocoa coir, hydroponics? Uh, I am strictly soil. Uh, what I like to tell everybody whenever, because I do focus on like brand brand new people, is who my channel is mainly focused at. It's it's less steps that you have to do because. I transplant all the time. So every time I tell people, every time you transplant, you're feeding the plants again. So if, if I can get you to transplant your plants appropriately, most of the time I only feed from the start of veg to the end of flower. A lot of times I only feed two or three times the whole grow. I can't remember the last time I fed in veg. They get RO water and CalMag is basically what they get all of veg. 
And then whenever I transplant them into flower into their final pots, I'll go from like, so I started in veg and happy frog. And then whenever I go to flower, I'll put them into ocean forest. And I just let that run out. Usually it lasts till about week three of flower before I start to see my runoff dropping down. And then I'll start feeding them. Well, if I've made it to week three of flower and I cut off nutrients at week six of flower, and then I'd let them just coast out on what's in the, what's in the leftover in the pot and, you know, let them fade out naturally. It's one less thing that new growers have to concern themselves with is the nutrients. Cause the amount of questions I get on nutrient schedules. Oh my goodness. I'm like, listen, I can avail, help you avoid all of it. <laughs> I'm going to let just, just transplant constantly into, you know, every, as soon as you outgrow your pot, put it into a new one. That's great. You've just fed it again. You don't yep. have to concern you. You don't have to get so worked up. You know, I did a video where I'm taking all the nutrients and I'm just throwing them off the table into a trash can. I'm like, here, <laughs> just you can, you, if I can tell you a way to eliminate 30% of your headache, why wouldn't you take it? Because it's going <laughs> to come out great. Now, can you add stuff in there as long as you're not burning your stuff up with too many nutrients? Yeah, can it, will it help? Yeah, of course. But whenever you're brand new, the less steps you got to do is the less often, you know, it's the less chance you have to mess one of them up. That's it. You know, simplicity once again. That makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, happy frog in the beginning, and then you eventually work your way into ocean forest. Uh, one thing that was interesting about that is that you said you get all the way up into week three of flower. So my question for you now is what size grow pots are you using? Like, um, I do transplant multiple times. You start in like a solo cup, then go to like a one gallon, then to like a five gallon or seven gallon, or what, what are you using for yeah, grow I'll pot actually, sizes? I actually start in root riot plugs Okay. whenever they're in the germination dome. Uh, and then I'll move into solo cups. After like three weeks in the queue, I'll move them into solo cups. And then I, I hate the solo cup stage. I overwater them. I can never get the feeling right. It seems like I'm constantly messing up in the solo cup stage. So I only keep them in the solo cup stage for like a week or two. And then I'll just transplant them right into a one gallon pot. Once I'm in the one gallon, I feel at home. I'm good. I know my weights. I can pick them up. I know when to water. I know how long they, I know what they, they I know what they need when once they hit one gallon. I, I'm smooth sailing. Once I get them out of the, out of the dome, out of the solo cups and into the one gallons and a, a weight just drops off the back of my shoulders once I'm out of those terrible solo cuts. Uh, but I'll go from the one gallon and then depending on where I'm going to flower them out, because some sponsors like, uh, you know, want me to flower veg and flower in their tent. So I can't always come out of the two by four. Sometimes I have to stay in the two by four for veg and for flower. So that's going to determine what size pots I'm going to be in. And it's also going to depend on the number of plants I'm running. If I'm running, if I'm in a two by four and I'm running, you know, three to five plants, I'm only going to put them in, in three gallon pots. If I'm running, you know, two plants or one plant, I will transition from a one to a three to a five. And I don't ever go over five gallons. Even if I'm in the, even if I'm in the big one, five gallons is a, is a ton of soil. Could I step it up maybe to a, a seven? I just don't want to deal with it. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that much soil. You know, the, the bigger pot, bigger water, you know, it's more water. It's just, it's just more, more, more. I dislike more. I want less, less, less whenever I'm doing something. 
that so. makes sense. So I assume that, uh, well, I shouldn't assume, but um, are you in plastic containers all the way through, or are you, is your final container like a fabric pot? or, or would, You know, you it actually pots? depends on what I have. If I okay. have fabric pots, I put them in fabric pots. I'm not, once again, I'm not, I don't really, it doesn't bother me either way. I'll do, I'll do plastic one gallons, plastic three, fab, I prefer fabric, but if I don't happen to have any, which happens to me quite often, actually, the plastic pots, you know, you rinse out and you can use them again. With the fabric pots, I found a really simple way to, to get them out of there is I just razor knife around the edge of the thing and just peel it off like a banana because <laughs> the roots grow into it so much. It can make it a pain in the butt oh, yeah. with the bigger plants, like with like if you're in a three gallon or something. The last thing you want to do is be trying to peel that thing out, you know, pull that, get that thing out of there with the roots all grown into it. We're going from a three to a five. Uh, so for my final, I usually try and be in a fabric, but if I don't have one, I don't really, it doesn't bother me either way. So I do prefer the fabric though, because like whenever you pull one out of a fabric pot, you don't have the coiling of the roots around there. Cause they grow, they hit the edge of the pot yep. and then they air prune themselves and then they grow out differently. When you're in the plastic and you pull them out, it looks so much cooler because you pull it out and you got just the roots everywhere. It looks fantastic. You pull them out of the, out of the fabric and it's just like a, a, a big bundle of dirt mess. Yep. Yep. But it does, it looks way cooler coming out of the, the plastic, but I don't, I mean, I don't really care either way. I'll, I'll, I'll do it in both. Yeah. I'm the same way. I yeah. use both plastic and uh, fabric pots, whatever, yeah. whatever I kind of have on hand or, or feel like using for that grow. And yeah. like you mentioned before, it's for content, right? If I'm doing the same thing over and over and over again and all my videos, well, then people are getting bored of my yeah. content and, yeah. and, and click off. So trying new things, using new methods, um, just to show the audience that it can be done so many different ways. So yeah, that, just, I mean, like I usually, I'm always, I scrog the plants out, that kind of stuff. Uh, I did a video series where it was, uh, I called it the punji pit of death series. It was all the bamboo stakes. Mm. I didn't use the scrog and I just, I tried to control them and hold them all up with the stakes. I hated it, but you know, I, I, I like scrogging my plants out. I like that. Once again, the level of control I get from it is, is uh, I find it way more to my liking than with the punji pits. It's just, they're, they're a lot harder to control without the scrog there to keep everybody tied down. Mm. Cause I like uniformity. I like the control of it. I like everybody even and flat across my grow. It definitely helps maintain an even canopy when you're bending those branches down. You just have that flat net to kind of tuck things oh, under yeah. and stuff for sure. Yeah, I, love it. I think a lot of people, the downside they say is like, okay, now what do you do? You have to like crawl under in order to kind of water the plants behind. So it does have like a downside on that Avenue. It, it right? does. I actually, uh, whenever I had the tent with only the, with only the one entrance, uh, I had a system of, of metal poles that I would hook onto my water jug and I would just slide the poles through the, through the canopy to the back ones and water it. Those days are over the, uh, my, you know, my gorilla tent opens completely up so I can get to the plant. I mean, it literally the, it peels to 180 degrees and just the back wall is the only one that stays up. It's the most fantastic thing. Not like a little door that opens the whole tent just peels off the whole sides. It, it's fantastic it's worth every penny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you mentioned watering, what type of water do you use? You use a reverse osmosis, tap water, well water, distilled. Yeah. My tap water here before my water softener is 430 PPM. 
Yeah, minus four eighty five. Yeah, yeah. After the water softener, it's almost a thousand. So mine, I I I was using just gallons of distilled water, and uh, and I was it was just so many trips to the grocery store getting gallons of water. I just broke down and bought an RO machine. Once again, best money I've ever. I don't like to spend crazy amounts of money on everything because I like to try and keep it simple, of course. But there's some things when you're growing like that tent uh, that are worth every single penny. There's some things that you just need, like buying a, a proper pH and PPM pen. Just do it. You don't want to be constantly messing with your stuff, wondering if it's right or not. There's certain areas, just spend the money. It's worth it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I have one of those RO systems underneath my kitchen. And, yeah. uh, you know, not only use it for drinking water, clean drinking water. Yeah. You know, I don't have to buy a bottle of waters anymore. Yeah. So I save money there. I did the savings, the calculation, just calculating what I would consume in bottled water versus yeah. my RO system. I, I'd spend about $250 per year on yeah, just that's bottles. your RO system right there. RO, yeah, exactly. Right. RO system, I think it was like 175 or something yeah. like that. So that's what within I about. one year, save it's, money. A, it, it's an expensive piece. And whenever I'm talking to new growers, uh, it's an expensive because they, when they think of spending money, they want to spend it on their light. And I'm like, I'm telling you this RO machine, they're worth every penny. I don't care, you know, whichever one you want to get. They're fantastic. I like, once again, the control it brings me. I know exactly what that plan is getting. So let's say you've had 300 PPM or 250 PPM from your tap water. What is it? I mean, it's probably calcium and magnesium, but you don't know. There's a lot of fluoride or whatever else in there too. I just like knowing exactly what I'm giving my plant. I think they're happier because of it. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I can build my nutrient profile, not whoever. Hmm. So what do you use for nutrients? Uh, you know, basically whatever's on, on sale, but it's mainly just general hydroponics, three part. Okay. That's what I started with. I know it really well, but once again, if, uh, you know, if a, of a, a place came on board, said, we want you to use our nutrients, you know, I, I figured out it's not, it's not a big deal. A nutrient profile is a nutrient profile. Give me a week with it. I'll have it, I'll have it squared away. Hmm. Now are you following the general hydroponics, uh, nutrient schedule that they put out it, on their website or do you, uh, do a half dose or what do you do for it that? It depends. If I'm growing auto flowers, I don't give them full doses of anything ever. Hmm. Um, I'm 50 to 20, I'm 25% when they're, when they're little and I'm 50% when they're older and I don't feed them every week because once again, I'm in soil. I don't, I don't need to, uh, with the, with my photo periods, I do grow them rather big, healthy plants. I'll follow it. If I'm feeding that week, I'll just follow whatever the, whatever their chart says. And then, uh, if I need to add, uh, you know, add to something else or mix it up a little bit, I will. But generally, once again, I keep it simple. Got it. Did you monitor like the pH and the PPM or EC values at all? Or I, I super strict on my PPMs. Okay. I don't ever like feeding more than if my bigger plants more than like 600, 650 at a time, I found that if, whenever I go over that, I'll start to get my, you know, the tips of my leaves will start to turn that brown and start to get a little nutrient burn. Uh, but then again, it's, you know, feeding is just, it's not something I do a lot of, you know, I have bottles of nutrients that I've had for a year or two. They'll start to crystallize on the bottom before I, I get through the, if I buy the big bottles, they'll start to crystallize on the bottom before I even get through it. Just because I, you know, growing in soil, you just, it's a step that you don't have to pay that much attention to because you're not feeding a ton. Um, 
the main things I really like is I, I constantly give microbes my mycorrhiza. Um, I will go through uh, a bunch of, of this you're, stuff. You're doing a soil drench with the mycorrhiza? Or are you yeah. uh, just sprinkling on the roots? Uh, well, I do both. both. I do okay. both. Like whenever I transplant, I'll sprinkle it on there. I'll maybe throw some granular version in the in the pot whenever I transplant. Or, and then anytime I'm watering, I feed them, I give them mycorrhiza every two weeks from the, from the start till week six of flower. Every two weeks, they get more drenched mycorrhiza. And then I just throw some like flora blend or some kind of like, you know, plant food, you know, or some kind of food for them to eat. Maybe uh, the occasional black strap molasses, you know, something to keep them happy. And, uh, you know, just keep it simple. What do you use for, um, do you use a particular brand of mycorrhizer or just whatever you have on hand? Or what? Uh, you know, it's great white. Great white. Yeah. Mainly. Yeah. That's pretty much what every, all the grow stores around here have. I'm pretty lucky. I have like seven grow stores within a, a 40 minute drive of me. It's been pretty fantastic since the, uh, since our state went legal. The amount of grow stores, it used to be, I had to just order it. And now they're, they're freaking everywhere. And they're, you know, the grocery stores are a little bit more expensive, but I happily go to them. I got, you know, I like supporting the business and in local brick and mortar shops. So I happily go into all of them and buy different stuff at, at, at different ones, but it's mainly great white, you know, you know, a little black strap and some, and some general hydroponics three part. Uh, what I use the most of is probably a CalMag bottle. Or the and then towards the end of flower mag sulfur, I burn through that stuff so fast. You know, it's it it goes through a hundred times the rate I use the regular NPK stuff. Hmm. Now for the blackstrap molasses, um, what do you use? What do you do for like a dosage per gallon of water, for example? I you know I just get I just pour some pour in. Pour in, okay. Fucking measure it. I just get a couple <laughs> glug glugs and call it a day. <laughs> I, I, I'm not you know big on you know, being super strict with that kind of stuff. Cause yep. it's not, who cares if you give it a little bit too much, you know, so the, the mycorrhizae get a little bit extra fat. <laughs> yep. And then just kind of go back to the, the PPM. Um, you mentioned 600 um, PPM. Is that going in and do you measure the runoff PPM as well? Or do yeah, you I, measure, measure? I, I measure both because I like okay. to see where my plants are at. If, you know, if you've got if your plants are getting starting to get too low, usually anytime when I'm in flower, uh, because I don't really pay attention to it when I'm in veg because they're constantly getting transplanted. Anytime I'm in flower and I see my runoff start to dip below like 800, I know it's time to feed. Uh, if they're up anywhere over 1200, 1300, I just let it go until I say my, my, my runoff start to drop, then I feed them, which isn't very often. So because I transplant a lot. Got it. So you do a runoff test. You don't do like a slurry test at all? No, man. I okay. literally just stick my, my PPM pin down into the whatever my runoff water is and see where I'm at. It's worked good for me so far. Nice. I don't uh, I don't, I don't get too complicated with it. Which PPM pen do you use? Just a cheap one off Amazon or what? Uh, you know, I have one on my website. I don't actually know the brand. It's all, You can find it at uh, welcometothegrowtent.com. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> and then uh, pH. Do you monitor the pH going in or runoff or? This is another thing I get yelled at about. Uh, I'm not very strict with my PPM. I'm in soil. I have, I, you know, I did a couple. You mean pH? You're not strict with pH? pH? Yeah, yeah, okay. sorry. Um, as long as it's above 5.0 and below 7.0, I give it to the plants. 
what I found was it didn't matter. I, I added it all at 6.9 for like a month and my runoff would still come out at like 5.8, 6.1, whatever. I'm just not that strict with it. It's one of the things I get yelled about in the comments so often. They're like, oh, you got to be between 6.1 and 6.3. That's the golden spot. I'm like, great, man. If you, I'm not saying don't. If you want to be that strict with it, what do I care? I'm just showing you what how I do it. I, if I'm above, if I'm at 5.1, I feed it. If I'm at 6.9, I feed it. You know, I, I pour it in there. It's just not something I you know, I stress too much over. I don't want to be adding, I'm like, oh, I'm adding up to put some pH up in it. Oh, I went over 6.3. Now I got to put some pH down in it. Now I'll put some alkaline in the, I don't want to, you know, I leave all that roller coaster stuff alone. I got tired of dumping out buckets of water. I just, uh, you know, I don't concern myself too much with it. If I'm in my range that I like, then I give it to it. If not, then, you know, I, I, then I'll add some stuff in there. Yeah, particularly for growing in, in Fox Farm soil, uh, you know, one thing I noticed is that um, a lot of these bags, they're coming in low. They're coming in at like five point something pH. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you I've know, had them in, cons- in like mid fours. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so me personally, I usually just feed in at like 6.5, 6.8 pH yeah. and then it will slowly drift up over time and of course things like the microbes will adjust the, the pH and yeah. the medium as well over time um, but that's interesting that you will feed in uh, in within you know 5.0 to 6.0 pH because um, you know typically that's said to be a little bit too low when growing in soil but um, you know you've, you're having success with that and I've actually heard about other people doing that as well with with a lot of success yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've done it both ways and you know, I've, I've, I've done it where I went in at 6.1 to 6.4, you know, constantly super was super strict with it. I never noticed an end yield difference. And I was like, well, let's try it the other way. And then I did grows where I only came in at like 5.1 to 5.3, you know, I was super strict with it down low. And I just, I didn't notice a difference. The only thing I noticed was that what the soil would do with the runoff would change just a little bit. You know, they kind of make their own environment and they make it the way they want it. And they're happy as long as you don't, you know, fry them with like a, with like a, a 4.0 or something that gets everybody angry with you. Hmm. Cause I did try that. I was like, well, how low can I go? There is a limit <laughs> right. Stay out of the fours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they were not happy. Right. Um, okay. So let's, uh, how about temperature? What temperature do you usually aim for? If I'm comfortable in there, I'm fine with it. If I, you know, seventies, eighties, you know, whatever, I, you know, I, I, once again, it's not a thing I'm terribly strict with. I've done that video where I'm smashing the high grow meter up. I'm like, if it's too hot for me in here, I don't want to be in here. So I stay out of it. Just keep them comfortable. That's what I like to say. If they're, com- if, if I can be comfortable in there, they're comfortable and we're fine. Because uh, once again, the emails that I get with people with the the pH are, you know, pH is in there, but the relative humidity and the temp and they're, they're freaking out. They're putting heaters in there and then running air conditioners in the daytime and heaters at night. I'm like, unless you live in some kind of crazy climate, don't worry about it. You know, stop stressing so much about it. I'll get you there to the end yield. Just relax. Calm down. <laughs> we can get through this. I promise. 
I live in a desert climate, so mm-hmm. like summertime, for example, I have to actually implement a um, air conditioner. It's so expensive, and I actually try to take mm-hmm. off like um, July and August potentially. Yeah. And just try to like not grow, just because it's just so much easy, so much less money, you know, spending yeah. on electricity consumption. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I do regulate. I I aim for about eighty two. Leaf surface temperature is kind of what I read to be ideal. Yeah. Um, now, of course, the plant is going to grow in a different range than that. Some can actually take a little bit more than that. Yeah. Um, some can take uh, less than that just fine. Um, I do have a heater in my uh, grow space. I don't like to go below like 60 uh, yeah. Fahrenheit. And even in the 60s, I see like some... Um, you know the the purpling streaks in the stems for for, yeah. uh, for in the low sixties Fahrenheit. Yeah. Um, so I I do regulate on, on that avenue, but um, but yeah, a perfect example about how you can get away with not doing uh, those things. You know, the plant will still grow. Yeah, it's still going to grow. Just stay out of its way. You know, if you're not if you're not blasting it with too many nutrients, smoking it with you know you know flipping on the lights to full power when the plant's still little and you know, watering, just soaking it down with water every single day, you'd be surprised how well they'll just keep going. Yep. Yeah. Whereas now can you eventually up your yield by, by honing in on some of these things more? Of course. But once again, my channel's focused at very beginners where I'm just trying to get them through. I'm trying to get them through. They've been getting maybe five to 10% of what their plants could yield. And if I can, bump you from five to 10% up to 70%. I've never had a single person that was mad at me. Yeah. I've mentioned certain humidity levels on my channel in the past. And, um, you know, I'm just like you where it's kind of just a general range for beginners because I do have a lot of people that are following what I do. And, um, one of the things that a lot of people are, are shifting towards is VPD. Yeah. Right. So I'm not sure how much you know about VPD, but VPD is a differential. scientifically proven method for um, humidity. And uh, typically that calls for a higher humidity. And I've gotten flack on my channel in the past where I had said, like, I can't entirely recommend that people chase after VPD because it does call for higher humidity in some instances. And if you don't have that air circulation going on, if you have stagnant air, if a fan dies overnight, like it's happened to me, yeah. you can get powdery mildew very easily, yeah, bud very rot, quick. and completely ruin your, your crop if, if you have mold in your buds, for example. And yeah, that's, that's what happened to me. So That's kind of my point with it is don't chase VPD whenever you're a beginner. Once again, I'm speaking to beginners. If you've been growing for 10 years, keep doing what you're doing. But if you're a beginner, mold's going to ruin your grow way faster than VPD. Because if you're a beginner, most likely you're, you're going to overwater your plants. Everybody does it. You can't really, I don't know. Everybody just does it. But powdery mildew is going to ruin your entire garden way faster than if you're not paying attention to keeping your VPD perfect. I get yelled at a ton about that on my, uh, I, I generally don't even talk about it. <laughs> uh, so CO2, uh, you think you mentioned earlier that you don't do any to- type of CO2. You don't do any yeah, supplementation it's just at all. It, it, it makes, it, it ups my yield by about 15 to 20%. And I already get too much to begin with. So what am I going to do with an extra, you know, four or five ounces? Whenever I'm, I'm having trouble getting through the two pounds, I just cut down anyway. So I, I, I generally don't run it if a sponsor sends it in there or if I want to show people the kind of the benefits of adding it in the videos, then I'll put it in there. But other than that, not really. Got it. 
Now, what about plant training? You had mentioned you you like to do a trellis net. Yeah. Uh, you use stakes sometimes. Do you do any you know low stress training, super cropping? Um, what do you do I, for tra- plant training? I am well scrog whenever they go into flower, but my main plant training techniques is topping, femming, and super cropping. That is my bread and butter. That's yeah. where I that's where I get all my plant training from. I'm just I'm not a big fan of uh, the wire ties and stuff. I found with with topping my plants. Uh, they grow so many branches so fast. I didn't really want to have like 30 wire ties running around the plant just because the, the plants will branch out so fast, so fast. So I'm mainly just topping and super cropping. I'll top the plants, super crop the top of the, the top half of the plant down to let the, the lower half catch up. And usually after a few weeks, of, you know, two or three weeks of that, they're ready to flip the flower anyway. So uh, now what about, I know, actually I didn't, I don't know this, but um, I think you're primarily indoors. You're only growing indoors. You don't grow outdoors. Yeah, they don't right? let me grow outdoors here. It's Same funny. They're like, if you want to grow outdoors, you have to build a building and to grow outdoors. I'm like, well, that's called indoors and I already have that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so indoors, let's talk about IPM. Mm-hmm. Um, now indoors, we have the luxury of, of not having to do as much. Yeah. Uh, we can kind of get away with doing, doing a little bit less when it comes yeah. to IPM. Do you do anything in particular to prevent pests? Uh, yeah, I do actually a couple things. The, the main thing is I always dry out my soil. Whenever I get mm-hmm. my soil out of the bags, if I don't dry it out, there's, a, I've got videos of it. I'll take it and I'll get it out of the bags is the first thing I do. Cause those bags hold in moisture. And I'll take it out of the bags. I'll throw it into like a big, like a, like tubware tote, you know, like a, one of the really big totes. I'll dump it in there. And then I just slide it under the exhausting on the side of my tent. So that it's just constantly drying out that soil. And when that soil gets too, too dry, anything that was like fungus gnats or anything were in there, they lose their food source. So they either die or leave. So that's the first thing I do is I just air out the soil. You know, every day, every couple of days I'll go in there and I'll stir it up under the, the vent. Big, big tip here, pull it out from under the vent before you start stirring it up. Otherwise you get a giant clouds of soil in your face. So pull it out. I stir it up, mix the wet stuff back up to the top and I slide it back under there. Uh, I let it, I let my prep like that go for about a week. So before I know I'm going to transplant, I'll, I'll get my soil, I'll get my, my new soil and I'll put it in those totes and start drying it out. The next thing, and pretty much the only other thing I do is I, I get I get yelled at about the way I say this word because I, I mess it up every single time. Diatomaceous earth. Diatomaceous earth. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like adding razor wire into your into your soil. So after I transplant, I top dress with the diatomaceous earth, and uh, I I don't I think overwatering is what leads to a lot of your problems with with bugs and stuff like that, and I don't ever overwater unless I'm in solo cups, uh, then I still overwater. And, uh, cause I just hate them, um, with the diatomaceous earth in there and, uh, just keeping big, green, healthy plants, knock on wood. I've, I've, I've never had a, a problem since I started doing those, just those two simple things. Wow. Yeah. I just actually got some diatomaceous earth, uh, for the first time I've never used it before. So I'm going to have to potentially use, uh, steal your best practice there. And it's literally uh, the best thing ever. That way. Yeah. I do it. I do it in my live stream. So I do a lot of my transplanting videos just on, on my, like on like a live stream. And everybody was like, what is that yellow bag that you have sitting next that you're mixing in? Cause I transplant the, you know, the plant into the pot. And then, uh, 
they're like, how much do you use? I was like, I don't know. And I just grab a handful of it and sprinkle it all around the pot and then top dress it in. I'm like that much. I was like, I don't know. I don't measure it. I just throw it in there. It's not like it's going to hurt anything, but it's literally like adding razor wire into your soil. And like, if I have a time where I've, I've been slacking in the garden and I haven't had time to dry my soil out, I'll actually just take a bunch of handfuls of it, throw it in the tote and just mix it throughout all the soil, not just top, top dress with it. So I use it pretty much, you know, anytime I'm, I've got new soil. Got it. But it's, it's really interesting. It's really interesting that you dry out your soil like that. Um, you know, it's a pretty good tip. Uh, you know, I some of these bags of soils come with with pests, right? They, it has, almost all of them. Almost all. Because <laughs> I, 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 I grow, <laughs> I grow in Fox Farmer as well, and yeah. um, it's it's kind of a hit or miss for me. Some bags, like I'll plant in, and then I'll be growing the plant, and all of a sudden fungus gnats start to arise. Yep. So I have the yellow sticky traps, and then I'll dry out the soil while you know while the plant is growing. I'll just dry it out. Yep. Um, you know, won't water the plant to the point where it's kind of underwatered, and then water the plant and then um you know pretty much off of like one drying out it's yeah they'll, like they'll leave pretty much gone yeah correct they will leave instantaneously the second they lose their food source with drying out and if you dry them out too much all the eggs and stuff die so if you dry them out just one time they leave now if you start overwatering again they're gonna you know more will come back i promise you they will find out they will they can smell that you know algae and stuff that's growing in your in your soil and they will come back but just by drying it out, I've found that I've eliminated the problem because there's been times where, you know, I watered one time, two days later, I had fungus gnats come out of the dang thing. I'm like, I'm like, if they're already in the bags, I'm like, there's no other explanation. And once I figured that out, it made the world a difference. I haven't bought a sticky trap in years. Hmm. Yeah. Do so, you do any sprays for IPM or no? Uh, I have a bottle of SNS 209 that I opened up one time whenever I was, uh, whenever I first started growing. And since I've started drying the soil out and adding the diatomaceous earth, got it, I got it. Since I added the diatomaceous earth, uh, I just call it DE usually on the stream. So I don't get yelled at about the way I pronounce it. Uh, since I did that, that bottle of SNS 209 just kind of sits on the shelf. But another thing is I don't bring anybody's clones into my garden. I think that's the biggest transfer of bugs that people get. And once they get into your house, it's almost impossible. I'll spray the whole house down with Azimax. I don't care. <laughs> but what I don't ever bring anybody's clones into my garden. There's nothing but I don't ever hear nothing but horror stories from that. Like, oh yeah, I went and got these clones, and now I have spider mites yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I'll burn the house down if I ever get <laughs> if I get spider mites. I don't want nothing to do with it. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Yeah, a lot of people don't uh, realize how well it how well it works to just keep things kind of clean. So for yeah. me personally, uh, between grows, mm. I'll literally wipe everything down with like yep. a, a bleach cleaning. Yeah, product. I do bleach solution, and I I every tent, every light, every fixture, every cord. I'm very once again. I'm in the my control and uh, ADHD. My ADHD <laughs> pays off in this part of my thing because I'll sit there and I detail orient clean everything in between grows. Now, while I'm growing, I do get messy through the week yeah, because, yeah. you know, working regular full-time job, coming up with content, shooting it, editing it. And then I, you know, I have my family also it's, you know, it, it gets hectic through the week. And then Sundays I spend cleaning up. Nice. Yeah. I got a couple more questions for you before we end this. So, um, 
new growers. You work with a lot of new growers. Yeah. Um, primarily, your new your channel really focuses on the beginner. Yeah, yeah. What advice do you have for someone who is just starting to grow for the first time? Calm down. Don't spend a ton of money. You, on the certain things you can, but don't spend a ton of money right off the bat. So you kind of figure out if this is for, you know, for you, you don't need to go out and buy a $2,000 light right away. Calm down about all the small stuff. As long as you stay out of the plants way, it's going to be fine. You're going to get through it. I promise. And if you ever run into any problems, I put my email up in all my videos. I get about a thousand emails a day as anybody can imagine anybody that puts their email up in every video on the internet Wow. Not all of them nice, but most of them, the, the majority of them are nice. Uh, and I try and work through them as much as I can. But uh, if I don't respond to you in a few days, send it again because it's been buried. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just relax would be my biggest thing. Don't You don't need to be in your tent 10 times a day. Leave it alone. I tell say that all in my, my, my videos all the time. I said, leave it alone. It doesn't need you on top of it constantly messing with it all day long just relax leave it in there pretend it's a fern in your kitchen how often do you pay attention to it you don't you're like oh it's getting kind of droopy <laughs> i need to i need to do something with it now you gotta do a little bit more than that but i'm just you know i'm just telling you you know just leave it leave it the heck alone it's a plant <laughs> let it do what it's gonna do right yeah just kind of <laughs> relax and you're going to be able to start to read what the plant needs. I would rather have you do way too less than way too much because it's way easier to fix way too less than it is to fix way too much. You know, once you, you know, you, you top it down too much, you gave it too much food, it's too late already. You might as well just start over, you know, with a, a non-stunted plant that you haven't run over with a truck. <laughs> Yeah, I always I always chuckle a little bit. I I have a forum on my website, mrgrow.com slash forum, and I have people, you know, freely post up questions they have or grow yeah. journals and so on and so forth. And um there's been times where people have commented they've just you know, their seedling just sprouted and they they get panicky so quickly. They're like, Oh, last hour, you know, my leaves were at a ninety degree angle and now this there it adjusted thirty degrees and uh, uh, I don't know what's going on with this. What's the problem? You know, it's like, <laughs> don't look don't even look at it. Yeah, <laughs> don't, right. it. don't even look at it. <laughs> Leave it alone. Just my biggest thing is that first week I don't even open the dome. I I leave the dome on and I tell everybody, I go, don't open it for till the next week. As soon as they pop the ground, pop out of ground, that's day one of your seedling stage. Uh, uh, and, and just leave it alone. Just don't even open the dome. You keep the dome on there. You're not going to have to water it. They don't need anything from you because what's going to happen is you're going to touch it and you're going to break it because yeah. you've got giant man hands and you're going to snap that little thing and you're going to hurt it. There's nothing you can do to it that it can't figure out how to do on its own. Just leave it alone. So you mentioned your YouTube. Welcome to the Grow Tent. Um, yeah. Are there any other um, areas where they can find you? Any other social media that you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, I've got uh, Instagram. It's the same. Welcome to the Grow Tent. Uh, I stream uh, on Twitch every Friday and Sunday. Uh, I'm a little bit. I'm kind of animated in real life, but I'm I'm a lot more animated in there. Um, I kind of take on a Ric Flair personality. You'll hear me woo in my videos all the time. Uh, big wrestling fans over here in this household, especially the Nature Boy. Shout out, Nature Boy, the Rolex wearing, 
but you can find me on Twitch on Friday and Sunday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. We have a lot of fun. And anytime I die, which is quite often whenever I'm playing Warzone, happens all the time. Anytime I'm dead or in the lobby, they got a live chat on there. I sit there and answer hours and hours and hours of grow questions all Friday and Sunday night on the Twitch. It has the same kind of live stream that you would have on YouTube. And uh, I think I actually tagged my YouTube into it. So it broadcasts there too. But you can ask your questions right there. And I just sit there and I go over them all night. Half the time I die because I start reading the questions while I'm playing. And I get yelled at by my teammates all the time. But uh, it's a we just have a lot of fun. You can hang out with me on Twitch. I, of course, I do have a Patreon. Just uh, it's a great little site. Uh, I do love the Patreon members. It's a great community. We've got a Discord on there that are for the Patreon members. It's a uh, fantastic I just love this community and I have a lot of fun doing it. Nice. Is there anything else on your channel that you have upcoming that you want to talk about or, um, you know, right now we've got our granddaddy, uh, uh, purple that we're growing in the five, five, five. I've got my GPM, which is my giant purple monster, my own strain. And we're going to cross those two together. I am going to get the purple into my giant purple monster. It didn't come out the first time. So I'm going to breed this purple, the purple into this thing plant. So you can follow us along as, as I go trial and error through the trying to become a breeder. And uh, you can see me do that. We have uh, grows coming up on light rail light movers. Uh, the people there sent me brand new tents that are just designed for their light movers. We've got that coming up. And, uh, you know, just me constantly yelling at myself to relax and slow down and, and, uh, deal with all the people that like to yell at me on YouTube. <laughs> well, welcome to the Grow Tent. Thank you so much for coming onto my channel. Uh, this has been a, a great talk. Uh, yeah. I think this is kind, kind of a refresher for a lot of people, especially the beginners to who are trying to overcomplicate things. Um, you know, to hear somebody with experience that really takes a pretty big hands-off approach with a lot yeah. of these things that, you know, are constantly being fed to them that they need to narrow down and be real mm -hmm. specific on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the opposite. Uh, I have the four stations going at all times. And there's times I don't go in the grill room for, you know, two, three, four days at a time, just because I know where everything's at. And they don't need any help from me. I go in there, I do my topping, my, my super cropping, whatever. Uh, I know when they need to be watered. And I just don't spend a lot of time in there. They're just in there growing all by themselves. So I'd like to take credit for it. But it's just nature just doing its thing. All right, I will link his channels down in the description section below so you guys can head on over there and um, hit that subscribe button on his channel. Show him some love. Uh, maybe it. even leave a comment on it. Let him know yeah, yeah. I, I sent you over there. You know? Yeah, yeah, do it. <laughs> I've been a big fan for a long time, man. I've been watching your, watching your channel for a while. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope we'll be able to do some of these talks again in the future. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Come back on at some point. So yeah, if you have any questions for welcome to the grow tent that maybe I didn't get to here, I didn't think of leave them down in the comment section below. And then, yeah, next time if you come on again, I can ask some of those questions. Yeah. Yeah. Always cool. It's a pleasure, man. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. All right. See you, buddy. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of garden talk. I hope you gained some value from it. Please leave a rating and review if you haven't done so already. It significantly helps the podcast. So thank you for taking the time to do that. And I will leave it at that. Until next time, peace.